Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Name 760 in Vishnu Sahasranam, according to the commentary that we are following, is Dhanya. One of those words which is still common in Indian languages and is commonly seen in Sanskrit texts and devotional texts. The word dhanam is an even better known word. It means wealth. Yes, wealth. What the world is mad after. The Amarakosh Sanskrit Dictionary, compiled by Hemachandra, a Jain, uh, he describes the word dhanya, uh, defines the word, uh, word dhanya. Everything is derived from the Sanskrit root. Dhana dharma sadhu dhanya. One who excels in wealth and dharma is dhanya. So wealth here is, uh, or dhan is one aspect of dhanya, of being possessed of wealth, but it also means to have dharma, not ill-begotten gains. <clears throat> the word dhanya doesn't, in, in common usage, it doesn't give the meaning so much of being wealthy. That would be dhanavan. One who has wealth is called dhanavan, but dhanya gives the idea of being wealthy, yes, but more broadly to be fortunate. Or Normally that would said to be to be blessed, but that means to be blessed by good fortune, which ultimately means to be blessed by God. And who blesses God? Well, he takes his pastimes and seeks blessings from his gurus, from his elders. But intrinsically, when we're talking about Vishnu, and this is, after all, Vishnu Sahasranam, he is not blessed. He is the blesser. But for us, we could use, we could say someone, dhanya. You, oh, you are blessed. You are fortunate. You are glorious. Just like, for instance, one of the uses of the word comes in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, <clears throat> where Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, paraphrasing the famous Krishna Varnang Trisha Krishnam verse, indirectly but very clearly at the same time, prophesying the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami writes, Shankirtan Prabhatakshi Krishna Chaitanya Shankirtan Jogge Tare Bhaje Shaitanya. Here the word Dhanya at the end of the Dhanya Bengali trend, uh, pronunciation. So this uh, here, the, the, uh, the translation can be given of this verse that the inaugurator of the Sankirtan movement is Sri Krishna Chaitanya. And whoever worships him 
by the process of Sankirtan, the congregational chanting of the holy names, is dhanya. So this doesn't so much mean wealth as fortune, fortunate, blessed, glorious. That can be a, another meaning also. So one who has good fortune. There's no question of Vishnu not having good fortune because he's the husband of the goddess of fortune. She who personifies fortune, Shri. Her, one of her prominent names is Shri, which means all opulence, all good fortune. So Shri, Shri is his wife. And in Vedic culture, which the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself follows or ascribes to or is the exemplar of and who dharma mulo hi bhagavan he's the very source of dharma in this world vedic culture means following dharma so in vedic culture the the wife is and this this won't go down very well in the modern world but the wife is the property of the husband considered like that so he has uh, wealth personified, uh, the goddess, he has fortune personified. Who can be more fortunate than he? He's automatically, intrinsically fortunate. We, we may say someone is very fortunate to get a good wife. That's maybe one considered one symptom of good fortune. Very fortunate to have a good wife. Uh, but Krishna doesn't get a good wife. He's eternally married to her or eternally linked up with her. And there are pastimes just like we have in the Samudra Mantana, the churning of the milk ocean, one of the various wonderful things that came out of the churning of the milk ocean was the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi. And she had to choose her own husband among all the great personalities from all over the universe who were assembled there. And naturally, she chose Vishnu. And no one objected to that understanding that Lakshmi must go to Vishnu. No, no one else can dare claim her. Of course, Ravana at one point tried to claim Lakshmi, he tried to become fortunate by force. He tried to take the goddess of fortune by force, but he only got the shadow. And that's what happens to all of us in material existence. We want to, get, we want to be fortunate without the blessing of Narayana. We want to have good fortune. We want the goddess of fortune without Narayana. So we get a semblance, we may get a semblance of good fortune, just like Ravana, he didn't steal the real Sita. He thought he did, but <clears throat> and to all appearances, it was as if he had stolen the real Sita, but he only got a semblance. He didn't get the real thing, and it was the cause of his attempting to take the goddess of fortune from Narayana was the cause of his all misfortune, which we can understand that all our misfortune begins when we try to enjoy and be fortunate without acknowledging our dependence upon 
and subordination to the eternally perfect, fully fortunate in all respects personality of Godhead. Now, generally, people chant this Vishnu Sahasranama to become fortunate in a worldly sense, pious people who recognize that Vishnu is supreme. They may do in a somewhat perverse way if they're the smartest who also chant Vishnu Sahasranam because their, their concept of Vishnu is mixed up with some uh, horrendous Mayavad ideas. But the general understanding is that Vishnu, he is the husband of the goddess of fortune. So, uh, by his blessings, we can become fortunate in this world. The, these are pious, pious people chant. It's not the highest realization by far, but it does lead to world, worldly good fortune, which can be a, an obstacle in actual spiritual advancement. It can be an actual obstacle because pious people, they worship God, they get blessings, they're happy in this world, they, they, they're not very, pious means they're not very sinful. They believe in wealth, doing good for others, like helping sick people and so on. And, and they're quite convinced of their own piety and they're reasonably happy in this world. And uh, they get stuck on a platform of material so-called happiness. So that sense of happiness works against them. So really one has to hear from spiritualists, people who have understood that even the best happiness in this material world is worse than useless. If we take all the happiness in material existence plus all the happiness in the concept of merging into the impersonal Brahman, all that's ever been experienced in the course of mighty time by all the millions, billions, quadrillions, zillions of jivas. If we take all that happiness put together, it won't even come to one drop of the happiness that even a neophyte devotee experiences when they get a little taste of pure devotional service. So it's really, uh, well, actually, a pure, we're a pure devotee, let's say that. that let's, let's make that a bit more clear because Shubhada, pure devotional, pure devotional service is Shubhada, brings actual auspiciousness. It's not such a common thing to come to the platform of pure devotional service, which immediately mitigates all miseries without having to go through so many different processes to try to get, mitigate miseries and bestows all auspiciousness. So what is the kind of auspiciousness that materialistic people look for, the kind of fortune they look for? Well, you don't have to look very far for that. If you're in North India especially, <clears throat> we'll see written uh, 
often written in uh, henna mahendi on the outside of shops or on the outside of homes, especially of people of the merchant class, people just like the Maheshwaris and Agarwals and so on. Uh, they will write on their door Shub Lab and have swastikas, which the, the very uh, term swastik gives the conception of auspiciousness. So Shub means auspiciousness and Lab means monetary gain. <clears throat> These are considered the two factors. Actually, Shub, auspiciousness, Lab, monetary gain is contained in that, but it's considered such an important factor for the Vaishya community that they emphasize that as a separate factor. So Shubh means, apart from having money to have, uh, <clears throat> to live a pious life, to be good, to believe in God, to go to the temple, to respect brahmanas and feed sadhus and help the poor, and to be healthy and not be, not be harassed by so many anxieties in one's business life, or to, to, to have a peaceful home life where the, the, the women folk are submissive and cooperative and cook very nicely, and the children are well-behaved and follow in the footsteps of their parents and grandparents and great-great-grandparents, this is the archetypal, pious, Hindu, well-to-do family, fortunate by the blessings of God. However, we're not talking here about God and money, at least from my side I'm not. Generally, people who are pious, they go to God and ask, give, give us money. They're, they're unabashed. <laughs> they, uh, they may, even the pious people who pray to God, give us healthy life, money, all these things. If you tell them that actually this, this is not the real good fortune, the real good fortune is to th th those who chant Vishnu Sahasranam, if you tell them that the real good fortune is to go to the spiritual world to live with the Supreme Lord there eternally, they'll agree, yes, yes, they'll agree, that's true. But I'm not on that level yet. Well, this series of talks on Vishnu Sahasranam is to try to incite in those who hear, if they're not already thinking like that, try to incite in people a feeling or an understanding not just a, a uh, some vague notion, but to actually have that realization that everything in this world is miserable. Yes, now we have the name Dhanya, fortunate, and we want to, but we the members of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, we want to make you unfortunate. We want to make you feel miserable. Yes, we want to make you feel, to actually understand that you are miserable. Life in this material world is miserable. When one starts to realize that, then his real fortune can begin. When one stops trying to enjoy like a 
worm in stool in material life, then he can begin to, yeah, the worm in stool is also, oh, fantastic stool, ah, bah, <laughs> what great stuff. Uh, when we stop trying to enjoy like that, then our real good fortune can uh, arise. So one of the meanings of dhanya given by the commentators is that he bestows wealth, he bestows good fortune for people for whom money is God. For most people, they go to pious people pray to God for money, but in their mind, the money is the really important thing, not God so much, which is why Srila Prabhupada noted that it is often seen that when people are not in a very good economic condition, they pray to God, God give us our daily bread, but when they get in a good economic condition, they think, what do we need God for? We already got money, so what do we need God for? So for people for whom money is God, we want to tell them that, no, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. Rather, a better understanding of the name Dhanya is given by Baladev Vidyabhushana our Gorya commentator on Vishnu Sahasranam, who gives the understanding that he is rich. He has his wealth. But what is his wealth? His wealth is the unalloyed devotees. That means unalloyed means they have nothing but him. They're not praying to him for money. The, the, the real devotees, their wealth is described in Srimad Bhagavatam by Kunti Devi, who was, of course, the mother of the Pandavas, who were born into tremendous wealth, had it all taken away from them, got it back again by the grace of God, and she prays to Krishna, addressing him by a, a, a name which includes the word vitta. Vitta is another, it's, it's a synonym of dhana. It means wealth. So she prays to him, namo kinchana vittaya, nivritta guna vrittaya. Anyway, the, just the first line we're taking here. Uh, <clears throat> she offers obeisances to him who is a kinchana vitta, the wealth of those who have realized, who have really taken it to heart that there is nothing in this world of any value whatsoever. For people who have their only goal, dhanmar nityananda patimar gaurachandra, for those who think that nityananda, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is my wealth, my master is gaurachandra, for those who have no aspiration in this material world, they are called a kinch, uh, they, they are called a kinchana. And Krishna is addressed by Kunti Devi as a kinchana vitta. He is the wealth of those who desire nothing in this world. Or it can be understood as he sees his real wealth is not the fabulous mansions in Vaikuntha, 
what is his real wealth is the devotees who he gives all facilities in Vaikuntha, all these so many things, but really they only want him. They're prepared to live in this world with nothing, but only they want him. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Prabhupada, he often used to say that. That's all. Just to, when he says something, that's all. He'd emphasize like that. That's all. Uh, <clears throat> so his wealth is those who have nothing in this world. And again, Kunti Devi says, she, she addresses Krishna in her famous prayers in the eighth chapter of the first canto of Bhagavatam. These are found. Akinchana gochara. Person, she says, who are trying to improve their situation or who take pride in their situation, material pride, uh, due to their high birth, wealth, good looks, good bodily features, and and education and intelligence, due to being so proud, they cannot get Krishna because he makes himself available to those who have nothing, who realizes that, that their own, their real fortune is with Krishna, that's all. Ah, I've, I have had so much money. I've had so much money. I was... At one point, I was the richest man in the world. What, 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 what nonsense am I talking? Yeah, I must have been in the course of millions and trillions and how many lifetimes. At one point, I must have been the richest man in the world. At many more points, I would have been a worm in stool. <laughs> but we've had, had it all, been, been there, seen it, done it all. We've had it all. It hasn't brought us any satisfaction. We desire wealth, but we should know that the real wealth is nothing in this world. It's all tinsel. It's all plastic toys. Nothing. Nothing in this world. Better we approach him. Instead of asking, give me this, give me that, just approach him and say, thy will not mine be done. The famous prayer of Lord Jesus. Or rather, but a better prayer than that is that I don't even know what to pray for. You, you do what is best for me. As Sanatana Goswami, uh, he approached Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and said, uh, I, I don't know what to ask. Puchite Najani. I don't know what to ask. I, I, I'm... I, I'm such a, such a fool, I, I don't even know what's the proper thing to ask. I'm so far away from any spiritual knowledge. So instead of deciding that we think we know what is best for us, God give me money and give me this and give me that, just say, you know what's best for me. If you think it's best, you take away everything. If you think it's best, you can, you can give everything. Uh, he may, he may take away, as he took away from the Pandavas. He may, he may just take away. We, we may have so many things. He may just take it away. 
Srila Prabhupada often quoted this, this first installment, this is the way Prabhupada phrased it, of Krishna's mercy is that he, he gradually takes away everything, the, all the wealth of a person. And then seeing him, seeing a person devoid of all his wealth, his relatives, they become distressed, and he becomes distressed. Oh, well, that's Krishna's mercy. That's Krishna's mercy upon a someone who's, who desires Krishna, but who is enamored by his so-called wealth. On the other hand, he may give tremendous wealth, as he did to the most poverty-stricken Sudaman. He gave fabulous wealth. But the point is not whether we have wealth or don't have wealth. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter whether you have power, position, nothing. None of these things matter. We've all had it. When I say I was the richest man in the world, you also were. Everyone has been. Everyone's. We've all been Brahma. We've all been worms in store. What does it mean? What does it matter? It's just a... An illusion of thinking we're so big and so great. He is so big and so great. So instead of asking him for things which we've already had, they haven't brought us happiness. We don't need them. They're superfluous to our real self-interest. Just ask him, you do for me what is better. You make me fortunate. I'm unfortunate because I don't even know what's good for me. And then what happens at that time? Brahmanda, Brahmite, Kono, Bhagavan, Jeev, Guru, Krishna, Prasade, Pai, Bhakti, Lata, Beach. At that time, Krishna, seeing someone coming to this level, he arranges that such a person gets a guru who can guide him on the right path. If we're searching for money, then we may get money. If we're searching for Krishna, he gives us the path by which we can get Krishna. If, if we, who are supposed to be devotees of Krishna, if we were as enthusiastic and as determined and as hardworking to get Krishna as so many materialists are to expand their business empire, oh, then we would really be very fortunate. But where money is worshipped, as people, they worship money. They, they give it some importance. The money is worshipped as God. The money is lost, and then God is lost. <laughs> when you put money first, then God comes second, and third, and fourth, and goes back and back. But the money will be lost also. But if we worship Krishna, then all good fortune is there. Another reason he's called dhanya, because, well, it's, it's another way of stating the same thing. He already has all auspicious attributes. He doesn't need to work hard to get money. He's already fully, uh, fully fortunate in all respects. We have to perform pious activities to get material good fortune. But... Material good fortune, anyway, is just a will-o'-the-wisp. However, Parashara Bhatta 
in his commentary. The, the, he says that, um, well, first of all, let's backtrack a bit to Parashra Bhatta's commentary on the name Medhaja, born from sacrifice, in which he said, Parashra Bhatta said that the Supreme Lord Vishnu, Krishna, is born from Devaki due to her entreaties and um, Vasudeva and Devaki's entreaties and uh, performing austerities in previous lives. So Sri Parasha Bhatta commenting on this Medhaja, we just had that name. <clears throat> so commenting on this name Dhanya, Parasha Bhatta says that Krishna considers himself fortunate to take birth from the womb as such a great of such a great devotee. Oh, how nice. Yeah, that's that's very sweet, isn't it? He is the Lord of everything, but he considers, oh, I'm so fortunate to have such a such a very good mother. She loves me. Generally, the mother loves the child, but this love between Devaki and Krishna, it's on a different platform. It's on, on the, the, the intensity is, uh, it's hard to understand. It's hard to understand even the intensity of love between a mother and a child in this world. What to mention of the spiritual love between Devaki and Krishna. And what to speak of that of Yashoda and Krishna. Yashoda's love even far surpasses this of Devaki. These are these things are not measurable. This uh, to to attempt to measure it, uh, then mapiate anaya iti maya. Then we get an illusion if we try to maya. One meaning of the word maya is the attempt to measure everything. We can't measure the extent of God's love. To the extent of his love and the devotees, the love they feel for him is that uh, how much, how much is it? We can't measure. He, he, he himself gets in the maya, the yoga maya, the spiritual illusion of thinking I'm so fortunate when he is the source of everything, but he thinks he is so fortunate to have been born from the womb of Devaki. Similarly, another Sri Vaishnava commentator, V.V. Ramanuja, says that he doesn't have birth normally. You see, he's everyone takes birth, but I don't take birth. I They say I can't take birth. I can't have a mother, but they all have mothers. I don't have a mother because I'm God. Well, I'm God. I, I, I want to have a mother too. Why should they only have mothers? I, I want to suck my mother's breast and see her looking at me with such love in her eyes and feel protected. Why all these people, they doing it? What about me? I want to ha have that mother's love too. So he feels it's a great blessing for himself that I, ah, oh, now I have a mother. Such a, such, a, such a loving mother. He feels so fortunate. Now, in this regard, I'm going to give a little uh, side comment, which I came across in one of the commentaries, uh, citing the uh, 
great Mayavadi Acharya of the previous century. Mm. He, he was a great personality, no doubt. Mayavadi, yes, but uh, as a sadhu and as a moral principle person, great personality, Sri Chandrasekhar Endran Saraswati, the the uh, head of the Kanchi Kamakoti Pitam, the headquarters of, is the Shankaramat, the headquarters of Mayavad or Advaitavad in Tamil Nadu. So he was, he was a great personality, no doubt. He, he would regularly visit the Vishnu temple, Sri Varadaraja. The, well, there are many Vishnu temples in Kanchi, but the most famous is that of Varadaraja, who I mentioned in the Medhaja, uh, just in the discussion of Medhaja. Varada Raja was born from the sacrifice of Lord Brahma. So in this regard, Sri Chandrasekhar Andran Saraswati, he was installed as the head of the Shankara Mat when he was a child. He was a child sannyasi. He was maybe eight or ten years old, something like this. He lived a very long life. He lived to be over a hundred. So one thing he said was that he felt great sorrow that he, because having taken the position as the head of the mutt and sannyasi, everyone would bow down to him. And he had to accept that role. But he felt great sorrow, he said. And I'm not saying that. Definitely he, he, he felt that that I, I was deprived of the opportunity to bow down to my elders as a, as a youth, to show my reverence to them because they had to bow down to me. That is the system. So Krishna, he's full of all good fortune, but he wants to become a child so he can enjoy. It's also a kind of enjoyment to feel oneself subordinate and to feel protected and to feel one has loving mother, loving father, loving elders, loving guru. Uh, prasha, prasha, what is that? Uh, Yamuna Acharya states this, the, the, the good fortune of being protected kadaham aikantika nitya kinkara pahashishyami sanata jivita uh, I'm just forgetting the first lines of this very beautiful prayer which Yamuna Acharya uh, composed and which is quoted in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita as having been spoken by Rupa and Sanatan so he says See, I'm just trying to remember it in the back of my mind, but Krishna takes away memory, right? Matasmriti jnanam apohanam cha kadahamai kantika prashant neshesha manorasantara. There's the second line in working backwards, uh, but I just don't remember. Anyway, the purport is that fortunately to satisfy Krishna, it is good to remember verses, but fortunately... Um, 
Simply to remember verses is not satisfying to Krishna, but to enter into the mood of the teachings that is there. So Yamunacharya says that <clears throat> when will I be fortunate? When will the the minds, prevarications, and turbulations, when will all that come to an end? I'll be very peaceful just to think, I'm just protected, I've got a good master, I'm just protected by you, praying to Vishnu. So Vishnu himself feels like that. that yeah, it's, it's very nice to have that mood that not only is God the Father, but God the Son. God is the Son of Devaki and Vasudeva, Yashoda and Nanda, Aditi and Kashyapa, Koshalya and Dasharath, and then also <laughs> so many, so many avatars are there. So he wants that feeling also. And we, we think, why should I bow down to anyone? But it's it's a very nice thing. It's very sweet to bow down and, and feel that reciprocation. Varadaraj, ma, ma shuchaha. He's holding his hand out in benediction. Ma shucha is written on his hand. Don't worry. I, I'm blessing you. I'm, I'm, don't fear. I'm protecting you. So Krishna also likes that, to have that feeling. Shankaracharya says that because every wish of the Supreme Lord is fulfilled, he is dhanya, he's self-satisfied. So that gives the same kind of understanding as the atmarama or aptakama. All his desires are fulfilled and he's satisfied in himself. Another commentator, Krishna Datta Bharadvaj, uses the, says here, use the Amaram. I guess he's going to Amara Kosha again, the dictionary. Sukriti Punyavan Dhanya. One who is, uh, who, someone who performs pious activities becomes fortunate. But in relation to Bhagawan, means that um, he accepts sincere offerings of the devotees. They offer him flowers. They offer him prayers. They offer him their love. And he's always thinking of their welfare. This is his sukriti, his punya. This is his pious activity. Uh, we can be pious. Why can't he be pious? Our piety is to think of him with love, and his piety is to think of us with love. And it's all good fortune for all of us who are Fortunate to be in Krishna consciousness. It's all good fortune. After many, many births, we have this opportunity. It's all good fortune to be in the shelter of the ever-fortunate personality of Godhead. We, we may try to take shelter of some powerful person or wealthy person, but our good fortune depends on their good fortune, which won't stay because another name of the goddess of fortune is Chanchala. She doesn't stay in one place. But if we take shelter of he who is the husband of the goddess of fortune, she doesn't stay in one place, but the only place she stays is on the chest of Madhava. The name Madhava also means 
the husband of the goddess of fortune. So take shelter of Krishna and our all good fortune will be there. All right? The real good fortune is just that, to be in the shelter of Krishna. There's nothing else needed. It's, it's not that, okay, then uh, protected from enemies and protected from coronavirus and, and got enough money and whew, now everything okay. But just to be just to be in relationship with him, a kind of fortune unfolds which is completely on a different platform beyond the imagination of persons who are concerned with the petty good fortune of this petty world. Everything here is so small and uh, uh, just no value. The only real value of life is at the lotus feet of Krishna, who be who bestows good fortune on all. Therefore, he's known as Danya. So I offer my obeisances to all the Vaishnavas who are f uh, most fortunate at the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord. Vancha kalpa tarubhyas evacha. Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Dante Nitaya Chunakang Padayani Patya Kritvacha Kaku Shatameta Daham Ravimi He Sadava Sakala Eva Vihaya Durat Goranga Chandra Charane Kurutanu Radaha Parivaditu jano yata tatava nanumo corona vayang vicharayamaha Hari rasa madi rama dati mata bhuvi vilutama Nartama nirvishama Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare